My name is Uncle Ruckus, and this is the story of my relations. I was born under unusual circumstances. It was the 4th of July, and I was told it was an especially good night to be born. But that was some bullshit. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. It's the Boondocks Podcast. Today we're covering Season 3, Episode 14, The Color Ruckus, in which, if you love the color purple and can't get enough of Precious, we present a powerful, emotionally gripping story of people beating on each other. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus' family comes to town and Ruckus must settle some old business with his father. Y'all, we all love daddy issues, but before we get into those, we're starting out with just a little bit of the crew today. Yeah. So, Tiara, <laughs> Dean, how the fuck are you living? My name is Daddy Issues. <laughs> <laughs> We all uh, love you. I, I am the inverse of Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> I mean, that's not. <laughs> Today's like a real rapper right? persona. But, but yeah. <laughs> Today's been relatively productive on your end. Like you got the, the pod stuff figured out and mm-hmm. the movers figured mm-hmm. out. And those are both huge things. Uh, yeah. And let's see what else. My, I think I've got my living situation. I got your living situation handled. <laughs> We're, we're going to have a week of homelessness, basically. So we're together, though, I hope. Nope. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's um, because of the three dogs. We There's nowhere that's going to take us with three dogs. Dean is staying with a friend with one of the dogs, and I get to have the, the bachelorette life with two of the dogs down very near to where the new house is. And so... Yeah. She's got to be down there to make sure the internet gets right. connected. Right. And... I, somebody has to be down there for all of the, the crap that has to happen before we get the keys on the 17th. But I'm going to be there for a week, basically. Yep, yep. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm okay with it. It's weird. It's, but It'll it be is what right. it is. It's better than what it was going to be. You were gone longer to I used to go to Hawaii for and, much longer. Yeah. For much longer. That's right. I was in Hawaii for longer. So, yeah. It's and gonna he's, be... he's driving me down on Sunday. The 13th. And then we're going to have, like, dinner with some friends or whatever. And then he'll be back on Friday. Because work stuff, connection to the internet, all of that fun, great stuff, and dogs. So. Yeah, because while because I still have to work, I can't take time off. So <laughs> you can't take any have, time off between Thanksgiving uh, and and yeah, New I've got a, so I've got birthday, a birthday basically. I've got a I've got a friend who's got gigabit internet like I do, so I'm staying there until we have internet there, and then I can haul ass down there. Yeah, because yeah, that's I've got to pack all this stuff up. <laughs> pandemic has made me like couples clingy i know that's horrible i me and my husband listen he can go in the other room and do his own shit but i'm always like right now he's at target and i'm like where are you going okay what are you getting <laughs> oh, okay can you give me snacks okay hurry home turn your location share on <laughs> I, I know it's so pathetic so that's when you're like oh, okay so we're gonna cute. be in two different places i'm like wait a minute <laughs> 
can't do that. You can't do that. What if the world ends? But I know I'm being ridiculous. Well, no. You guys have been together. Well, I do that. I, I do that. I turn on my location. If I'm somewhere and I say I'm, head, I'm heading home or I'm heading over to your place, I'll turn on my location mm-hmm. sharing so people will know. Yes. We had a fight about it at first. I was like, why don't you want to turn on your location sharing? And then I walked when like my health stuff kicked up, I kept walking over to the hospital because it's like a block away from us. And then it was taking me home through the shady park. And I was like, I tried to turn on location sharing and you turned it off. If I die, they have, I can't remember exactly what the name of it is and I'll have to look it up, but th- there's an app where you can, you push a button when you are entering into a situation where you are uncomfortable and you basically have to push the button again within a certain amount of time or it'll send alerts to people that you might be in an unsafe situation. I've heard of it, like for Uber rides and shit. Like you, can, I've seen you that too. Like, yeah, I don't know what it's called either, though. I'll have to but I, I know what you speak of. I've yeah, I'm being the one who doesn't drive, and also who, before the pandemic, had a pretty active social life between roller derby and going dancing and just hanging out with people because. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I've survived the last two years, actually. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not. I'm an ex, I'm I'm an extrovert when I'm around people who understand me. Mm-hmm, so same. yeah, I've become much more of an introvert in the, <laughs> the last while. But yeah, so I, I'm used to. We're both used to. He was a musician and used to do gigs in on the other side of the the water from here, which is like a four fucking hour drive or. It's a, well, you missed the last ferry, so you still have to drive around. So if I was to go out with them to those shows, I would be like sleeping in the car until 3 a.m. And nah, that's not my thing. So we've been used to that. <laughs> but we still, we still use it. Like we still check in with each other and, and all of that shit. And, but I know he's not worried about me because I have very, very protective friends who live down in Portland who are counting mm. down the minutes until I'm there. And when I messaged them today and said, okay, my Airbnb is booked from the 13th to the 17th, they were like, fantastic. Okay. So on this night we could do blah, 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 blah. And I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm a half a block from the food carts. I'm pretty much going to do that oh, and sit shit. in the patio. <laughs> yeah. So you can come yep. to me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's good. It'll be good. It'll be fine. And we'll probably have video chats because we're those people. Yeah, we are too. I went on a work <laughs> trip and one, I, I didn't particularly love the place I was working, but they'd all be like, oh yeah, we're going out to the bar. I'd be like, okay. I'd go right into that room and start FaceTiming with my husband. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hang out with y'all. Sorry. <laughs> That's what it was. So yeah, we are those people too. Fall asleep together on FaceTime late Aww. at night and all that corny shit someone is listening to this right now like you people need to get a life and make new friends because <laughs> I know that's the I'm I think it's adorable that you're married to your best friend I'm married to my best friend I think it's fantastic I do not know if I would have gotten through the last two years if I had not been married to my best friend like he's a social butterfly so he needs that external stimulation mm-hmm. I used to be a social butterfly But right when he and I got together, I was going through the cutoff stage where you, like I always say to people, like, you need to become selfish. You can't overgive to others. I know if MJ was on, she would agree with me. (laughs) But I was in that mode. So it just so happened. That happened. And then pandemic happened. And he said the same thing to me one day. Thank God we got married 
when we did and met when we did because I'd be so lonely mm-hmm. <laughs> during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about some news. Oh, shit. my God. There's so many things. So many fucking There's amazing. So many. OK, what is it? The the whole Charlottesville thing. The, the verdict came down in that civil suit and it's like $26 million settlement or not settlement, but judgment yeah. against the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and I think the three percenters. But I don't think that's actually an organized that's just a wannabe. Right. And my kind of thing with it is, do these organizations, like, I know there's people attached to them, but, like, how are you going to get this money, though? Like, right. You know what right. I mean? And from what I remember, like, the, the I don't actually even know who the, the people in, in charge of these groups are anymore. It used to be super exactly. obvious because when they were still growing dude's face was out there all the time with uh, Richard Spencer or whatever his name was and I know that he's no longer doing it and he's like bankrupt I, but I do think he's one of the people who was sued but there are particular people that they sued for okay. this so it's not like we're suing the proud boys it's we're suing these 17 particular people who Associated, were the leaders yeah. of or the did the planning for this thing and so good Good. Even if it's for show, I know, like, at least there are people attached. Even if it were for show, I would be like, clap, clap, because I'll take it at this point. And then we've got, we're still waiting for um, the jury to come back in the Ahmaud Aubrey case, which is, which was a lynching, fair and square. Not fair and square, but you know what I mean? Like, it's really fucking obvious that... And yeah. they even said themselves, no, we, this was all self-defense. It was all self-defense when he had no weapon, but he grabbed at my weapon. So therefore, no, it just. It, bullshit. And did you hear about the defense attorney and how she tried to like <laughs> uh-huh. evoke, uh, oh, it was a runaway slave situation. I know mm-hmm. she didn't say that exactly, but they said she was trying to work up that imagery. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. right she that's the not. that's that there was something about he, he felt he oh, right that he felt that these guys felt empowered to do the same to, to be like policemen and to do the same thing that policemen did because they believed that this was somebody bad and basically the justification that 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 defense attorney was giving was the whole citizen's arrest thing started with the slave trade. And now I'm going to make this imagery of it was the long, dirty toenails and the, the, the like dirty shorts and like basically just dehumanizing this man over and to over and over. To make shit okay. Yeah, right. To justify uh- it. This is how fucked up my brain is and how fucked up it works. I don't know the lyrics to it, but you know the musical Anything Goes? That's what I'm hearing in my head in this court situation. (laughs) Yes, and I promise I will not break into song, but I do know that song. (laughs) And I've heard her sing it. (laughs) I've sang it with a live band, and I I love that song. (laughs) I feel like if there were any moment, this would be it. Although our (laughs) listeners would probably be like, what the fuck, you guys? Too far. too far not okay. I'm actually really curious I've, I've never seen a video of that one I don't I don't I, think I it exists either. no we saw it I saw it uh, I think I saw it in like theater with my girlfriend Laura we used to do all the she had friends who had the like, front row tickets and whenever they didn't use them they'd give it to her so we would go to all the shows and get to sit like in the orchestra seats mm-hmm. which wouldn't you rather sit in the back but I, whatever <laughs> it was cool 
Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that is appropriate for this situation, but inappropriate in mood. So eh. I guess we should back away before I start offending people <laughs> with how my wonky mind works. I'm so offended. God, was, there was something else too. What else? Had Rittenhouse. Oh, Jesus. Astro World drama is going on. Right, just since. <sighs> and then you've got the, the Waukesha parade. The dude, like, oh, yeah, and oh, like, yeah, a kid died today, so now it's six victims have died as of this epi- as oh of God. recording right now. There's so much shit that has been happening in the last few weeks, and or at least you know, certain things coming to an end when it you know, when you think of mm-hmm. like the Rittenhouse trial. Oh, that the, the, the jury found the rally organizers for Sean, yep, we said that, that. Yeah. 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 and oh, there was some. <laughs> <laughs> in in nobody's surprised or or here's my surprise face that the GOP admitted that they're paying a lot of Trump's legal bills and shit. Like, oh, that's nice. That was what I, I like woke up to that this morning. I was like, that's interesting. Okay. They're Girl, not even trying I, to pretend. <laughs> no, I feel like nobody, like, like the country, quote unquote, is not trying to pretend anything anymore. I saw someone post one of those little political memes, which I always try and stay away from. But this one, I was like, yeah, that's fucked up, where they were posting like a picture of Trump, Matt Gates, someone else. Marjorie All Taylor these Green. people. Yes, she was in there. And um, some of the other like January 6th people. And they're like, why are none of these individuals mm. in prison? You know, and they made something like if we oh. don't enforce justice you know, it's all over and it's kind of like, bruh, you know, it's kind of all over. I can't remember, like, the number of subpoenas that have been coming down over the last couple of days, though, make me feel like they're going to be coming up next. Wasn't Matt Gay subpoenaed for? Wait, now I got to look it up. All I know is Alex Jones was the big one that's been talked about. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. What did he, oh, for January 6th Uh or just for his rabble rousing? Someone said, I just have hope that they're building a hell of a case. <laughs> I was like, child, I don't know. I don't think I can even float the hope boat anymore. Right. But- uh, yeah, Roger Stone and Alex Jones was yesterday. Members of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers today. So along with that judgment coming down, they started getting their subpoenas for their obvious involvement. Excuse me. I burp too. Woo! When I do it at home, I usually don't try to hide it. And and then he'll say, what? And I'll say, what? I just say, sorry. I'm sorry. Oops. I can't control it. Oh, man. Oh, f- but the world is awful. Yep. The news is horrible. I was in such a mood today, such a bad mood. I No, I don't. I was going to say I feel bad for some of my clients, but I totally don't because <laughs> they were asking for it. And I was just, I don't get bitchy at people. I just get really like factual, Mm -hmm. you know, no more niceties, no more exclamation points in emails. Just (laughs) yes, no. We talked about this on Thursday, the 4th of October. Like, so so I was just going off today and everything on Twitter, all of this new shit, anything anyone said was just pissing me off. So I just turned it off. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm sorry. I was so late responding to you guys about like clips and stuff for today. It was just, it's too much. It's dark. It's dark, y'all. Yeah. But Thanksgiving's coming, so... Yeah, we're. <laughs> this is going to be the first year since I used to work retail that we are not doing Thanksgiving. Like back when Get I worked out. retail, I would volunteer to work all of the holidays because you know that was good money. Good, good money, yeah. Because <laughs> back then, when five dollars <laughs> and fifteen cents an hour was big money. No, anyway, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna do something, but we haven't quite figured out what. But we're not doing a big family thing because, you know, two weeks later. 
and most of our stuff yeah. is most they of my move. mom's stuff is packed and most of our stuff is packed at this point. I think I'll probably make a roast or something. I would like that. Ooh. Intimate Thanksgivings are underrated, I think. Agreed. But for me, like Thanksgiving honestly has been it's only important to me because it's important it was important to my mom because she mm. likes tradition and like any excuse to have the family gather. And like we're heading into like last Thanksgiving dad was not able to come and join us because he just couldn't he just wasn't feeling good and then a few weeks later he was gone so like we're getting into that time of year and I'm not ready for that kind of I'm not ready for that (laughs) so we're gonna spend Christmas in our new house and my mom will be there Um, I need to find out if the boys will be with us or not but I'm I know that I'm gonna get through this just fine but shit Mm -hmm. like I can feel it coming up you know Yes, ma'am. Holidays are, I know a lot of people love the time with the family, but it is especially, I know you've had a heavy end of the year, middle of the year to the end. So it always brings stuff up. (laughs) I drink a whole bottle of wine last Christmas. No, no, last Thanksgiving. (laughs) We don't even have to get into that because that's a trigger for me as well. But I said, I will never do this again. But it's a hard time. They're heavy times, beautiful times, but also heavy and yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm not thankful that my dad is gone in any way, shape, or form. But if it wasn't for him dying, we would not be in the situation where we are where we can get out of this, you know, this house that is Absolutely. physically making me sick. Absolutely, so. girl. Physically because of just memories. Oh or no, no. I'm I I have chronic drag. migraines from this house. Like we've proven yeah. it. We've proven that it comes from from this house. <laughs> So I very rarely get a migraine when I, like, if I haven't been home for a few days, nah, my brain is great. I'm curious how your body's going to react, like, psoriasis-wise. There's so many things that I am very curious because this house has mold and it's never been airtight. And, like, there are fucking rats that we can never get rid of because they're fucking chewing through our goddamn ceiling. But anyway, Mm. no more. no more. I will project my weird <laughs> spirituality shit on you guys. Even just talking about it with you guys, you can tell the energy shift. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be a whole new, beautiful, bright chapter. I know everything has bullshit that comes with it, but it just oh, seems yeah. like this is such the positive shift, such like the happy ending new chapter story for you guys. So I'm excited for it. I always love a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> As there one is. Does. <laughs> know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Does she a goer? Does she go? Does she go? Does she like photography? <laughs> Fuck. I'm guessing you don't Monty uh, Python. watch Monty Python. <laughs> no, I don't. The only thing I know from Monty Python used to be some song, and I don't even remember what one. I never Always got into it. Always look on, on the bright side of life. <laughs> that's the one that's most famous from them. I don't think that's oh, it. Oh, that's not that one. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I can't remember the rest of them from like, Spamalot. Right? Because, yeah, they even made a musical called Spamalot. Which was based on Monty Python's Search for a Holy Grail, which was a spoof of Camelot. Yeah. I've heard of the, it. The Arthurian... 
legend spoofed by Monty Python. Any Python songs. This is going to piss me off if I can't think of it. I know we're recording live, but oh, no. next it. week is live. Next week. Oh, the Lumberjack okay. song. Is that one? Maybe? I'm a lumberjack and I'm, I'm okay. okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. And he wears tight clothes, suspenders, and a bra. <laughs> no, that's not it. Oh, and I like to pick wildflowers. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sit on my face and tell me that she loved love me. me. <laughs> I said in your face and I tell like you I've that. You <laughs> yeah, we've probably sang that one. <laughs> once or twice or 500 times. That might be Shit. the only one. I'm looking I know. at the whole list. Yeah, and these are not, whatever. I'll, I will freaking message you guys at four in the morning, just like, valid. it's this song. Valid. <laughs> Absolutely valid. Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, I grew up watching Holy Grail. And then, like, a million years ago, when we still collected DVDs, I had All of Flying Circus, which was their TV show. I had All of Flying Circus on DVD. I had most of their movies, not all of them. Holy Grail, Life of Brian, Meaning of Life. Meaning of Life, yeah. Then they had their Live at the Hollywood Bowl. I didn't get, I didn't have that. Um, but anyway, yeah. childhood, you know, comedy from Nick at Night basically. That was always PBS for me. Oh, maybe that was it, PBS. Because I watched uh, Red Dwarf on that channel. And then, then after Monty Python was Faulty Towers with John Cleese. Right, which I remember, but I never really watched. Yeah, my dad watched it. Mm. And what was the Benny Hill? Benny Hill. Yeah, anyway. See, this is, this is what we do. This is the conversations that happen when you've been together for 15 years. Oh, you remember that thing? Let's talk about it until we've talked about 15 years worth of all of the things that... <laughs> we, you know, we should talk about... Should we? The boondocks. Are you sure? Just you say, sure? Just saying, you know. I guess so. Yeah, I guess we did go over all the newsy items. The newsies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. So. Love that musical as well. <laughs> Yes, let's do it. Let's All right. Do it. Before I start uh, telling everybody about this episode, I just wanted to hearken back real quick to our uh, intro clip. That was the first Easter egg of this episode, of which there are a million because of the movies that are involved in it. But that very first clip was a Benjamin Button reference, which, if you've ever seen the movie, he's born like an old man and then gets younger. So... In this case, Ruckus was born a white boy and got blacker. <laughs> so obvious comparisons there. It's you know because I was born black, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and I got very white. So we begin with Uncle Ruckus narrating his origin story. I love that he's my name is Uncle Ruckus, and this is the story of my relations because he always says no relation. I just love that line. The episode flash flashes back flashbacks flash. Flashes. Flashbacks. Flashbacks. That sounds weird. Many years in the past with a white man who is rushing to the birth of his child on the 4th of July. The doctor sadly declares that the black patch on the baby's arm is an incurable skin disease that will spread over the baby's body and make him indistinguishable from a Negro. Horrified of that prospect, the man snatches the baby and runs all the way to the river where he's about to drown the baby, except a police patrol spots him. He manages to escape and leaves the baby on a random doorstep with some money. A black couple, Bunny and Mr. Ruckus, come out of the house. The man flees the scene. 
Come here, bitch. Give me something real quick. You ain't said nothing so far about my hair. Cause it ain't yours. It is so mine. I'm the first colored girl you ever met with blonde hair. And one day, I'm gonna have eyes as blue as the summer sky. Bitch, you ain't never in a million fucking years gonna have no blue eyes. You're hairier than a motherfucker, too. Your personality ain't much to speak of, either. Your cooking ain't shit. You ain't clean worth a damn nasty bitch. But I need somebody around yeah, here that's gonna so, wash the shit Mr. Ruckus. Out of my <laughs> so I guess you Mr. Ruckus. Jesus Christ. So right off the bat... <laughs> The fact that I am a child development psychology student. Whoo! Oh, that's Ruckus's some parents. negging right there. Right. That's it's not just class. negging. It's not just <laughs> like saying, here's all your flaws. So nobody will love you, but I'll take you. You're good enough for washing my shit stains. Watching. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, you can art, you can see before you even get into the actual tale of the baby that this black woman reveres the looks of whiter women. She wants the long blonde hair. She wants the blue eyes. So I thought that was important to uh, bring up. Definitely, definitely true. And then we also hear her praising white people as like it goes on. But right. this is a thing I hate with people when it comes to, because I wear co colored contacts and I've had white and black people come at me over it. And like <laughs> I always say, and I think I've even said on this podcast, there is a good portion of my family that has gray eyes. That's where I got the, ooh, I want those. <laughs> so, and ran off and bought them. Mm -hmm. And then I have natural blonde hair. I'm not a blonde by any means, but I have natural blonde hair that me and my husband used to fight about. <laughs> it's there, y'all. It just, it's just my genetics and it is what it is. And I am a black girl, but it was just weird to me, this whole conversation, because this morning I had a migraine and was listening to Storm Monroe's channel and he had a woman on and they were talking about all the issues between black women and black men and, and dating and just all the shit that I don't like to buy into. Cause I don't like when we talk mm -hmm. in generalization, but like the woman was arguing about how black men prefer to date to black men today like of 2021 etc prefer to date white women and they only settle for black women if they can't get a white woman and like this i don't wow. know this bullshit yeah i know that was I, a very so 90s like point of view like i heard that shit back in the 90s for sure yeah and then people in the comments some were totally agreeing with her and others were shredding her for filth it was it was dark <laughs> but this conversation it just immediately triggered me back and I thought yo what a strange coincidence that we open with this sort of dynamic in this episode absolutely and suddenly they're going for a walk and they trip over a white baby <laughs> it just happens to be on the doorstep and of course because they are good people and there's money with this white baby they're, they decide to get married and raise the baby as their own. <laughs> Which is just, I'm actually curious, like, how often, there have been millions of movies and books that had the premise of leaving a baby on the doorstep to be adopted by the family that found them and all of that. And, like, how much truth is actually in that? Did that happen a lot back before they started doing a drop your baby off so you don't kill him kind of thing? Never have I <laughs> Do you know heard what of I mean? it factually. Right? right, exactly. Yeah. So 
That's, yeah, okay, that was my point. So, in the present time, Ruckus finds out that his grandmother, Nellie Ruckus, will finally die any moment now and comes to Woodcrest to do so. Um, unable to put up with her because she is just as nasty as Mr. Ruckus flees to the Freeman house and amuses them with the tragedy of his childhood. It's then revealed that his white supremacist mother, Bunny Ruckus, was the one who convinced him that he was adopted and actually a great white man suffering from a skin disease called revitiligo, which made him appear black. Ruckus was also constantly singled out for physical abuse by his adopted, but in truth, biological father, Mr. Ruckus, while his mother, Bunny, continued to specially teach him to be pro-white. I had two younger brothers, my brother Daryl and my other brother Darrell. But Mr. Always seemed to single me out the worst. I would get beaten for anything. Nigga, did you just break that vase? Just having fun with off limits in Mr.'s house. Nigga, did I just catch you having fun? He reminded me of what a failure I was going to be. Miss, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. Nigga, did I just catch you on the B shit? Oh, okay. Here's another part where that little psychological psychology hat like pops on. It's like, well, <laughs> how much did mom do to actually do anything about it other than just screaming and holding him? So you've got this obvious physical abuse, you've got this obvious verbal and emotional abuse, and then you got mom who basically just screams and snuggles him and doesn't do anything to change the help. behavior or help or anything, really. And, yeah. I think here we, too, get, like, this interesting notion that's going to carry out throughout this episode of inherited trauma mm -hmm. and also inherited racism. Mm -hmm. Like, the mom with her pra white praise, white supremacy, is, you know, birthing that into ruckus. And then the father who has this resentment we learn about a little bit later, he's like taking that trauma and like spanking, you know, is considered inherited trauma within mm -hmm. black families and stuff. Like we see him passing this kind of fucked up nature into ruckus. So just an interesting note there. Right. Exactly. On the two different. And, uh, one of, <laughs> I, I always wondered as we watched, as we've gone through this series, like what made ruckus so fucked up? You know, what made him mm. just the most racist black man possible. And, you know, even at this point in the episode, which is only like 10 minutes in, right? Like, you already are like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, he was abused and he was told that it was because he was adopted or basically he was led to believe. He was told by mom, but led to believe by dad. Like, dad let him go along with that. Um Funny enough that he blamed it on some psychology book that she read. But it's just like you were saying, too, though, about like him beating her or mm -hmm. beating Ruckus. I'm sorry. Like he never steps in to correct the trauma. You know what I mean? So yep. like here he is spanking the kid and being, you know, a horrible father. She does nothing about it but cry and scream. Here she is fucking him up, teaching him self-hate and mm -hmm. white supremacy. And the father does nothing. But, you know, until this episode, stand by and watch it. Right. And I think it's important the show 
took a moment to emphasize what you were just explaining, though, about like how fucked up Ruckus is. Like we get like granddad and Riley and Huey's reaction to damn. Oh, my God. Like I knew, you know, I don't like you, but that's horrible. (laughs) Now, I I have a thought. Do you think so? Darrell and Daryl didn't get in trouble like Ruckus did. Mr. Ruckus was constantly, you know, whether it was the Klan or police or whatever, beaten by white people. Bunny. Well, we hadn't talked about that yet. No, but here, you know, Bunny is telling Uncle that he's white. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Mr. then is saying, well, if she sees him as white, I'm going to treat him like I want to treat white people. I think just a thought. I think basically the that Mr. Ruckus by the end of the episode makes it very plain that the reason why he hates Ruckus is because he thinks that by the birth of this baby that it totally ruined his life and that he was never able to be something because of this baby. And that's a very fucking common thing in children born, you know, quote unquote out of wedlock because, you know, they were supposedly they got married, you know, in in. Bunny's eyes, they got married to adopt this beautiful white baby, but in dad's eyes, it was a shotgun wedding. So that's right. I don't think he gave a shit that whatever mom did with Ruckus. I think he just didn't want to have anything to do with that kid. And when he would, when Ruckus would appear in front of him, he would hit him. It it wasn't, there was no, um, it had nothing to do with him being white. It was, he fucking hated that kid. What kicked him out at seven? Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think they get into it too, though, in a in a roundabout way. Right. Again, not because he thinks he's white or believes any of that nonsense. When one of the brothers, I think, I don't think either one of us picked this clip. Maybe I did. I'm not sure. Starts talking about how maybe he was so hard on them because mm-hmm. it's a hard world for a black man. Like I know friends of all races who have dealt with abuse in their households. And this is typically, and still have relationships with their parents, but this is typically what it always falls back to is, oh, we're immigrants or, oh, you were a woman. It's always this story of, I needed you to understand how hard the world is and da, 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 da. Y'all, inherited trauma. But I, I'm sorry, I won't keep us hung up on that. That's no, all right. No, it's totally okay. I'm... <laughs> I mean, that's what this episode is about. It's about abuse yeah, uh, my, and, my dad, and how it affects people. So, yeah. My dad used to joke. Okay, this was a joke. My dad used to joke that he only hit me once. And then he would say, once, because it taught me my lesson. And that's that was normalized, you know. And that was, if you know the backstory, it is, I don't want to say it's justifiable, but it, you're like, okay, you bit him. So... <laughs> Because basically that's what happened. Um, But but yeah, like he would tell me stories. And so like in his own way, he was trying to break that cycle. I know because that was the only time he ever lost his temper physically. Mm. But he would tell me stories about, you know, going up back and cutting a switch. And, you know, having certain punishments that were basically just, you know, taking away your shoes for a month or, you know, things like that. I'm like wow, that's fucked. So, like, in his own way, he was trying to break that cycle. True. But he also had massive PTSD, probably some complex PTSD, Mm -hmm. too. But instead of doing anything really about that, it was the 80s and he had beer. So, like, this family 
dynamic with Ruckus, I wish any of it feels surprising or like outrageous. Like my own trauma is minor compared to some of the shit that I've heard, that I've had my students tell me or kids that I've worked with tell me that mm-hmm. they've lived through. So, you know, I can spot these parents a mile away. Sure, they're shitty ass parents who are going to create very predictable outcomes for their children. They're in this case, they're very lucky that two out of their three children are quote unquote functioning in society. Whereas Ruckus is working what he said, 47 jobs and none of them can afford him more than just a shack on the edge of town. I don't know. Just. Mm. It's all tied in together. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I could keep going, but I'm like, we're going to, we're going to unwrap this whole episode right. before, we, <laughs> before we get through this script. Right. So um, do it. All right. So at the end of the story, Nellie, uh, aka grandma, is furious about Ruckus leaving her alone in the shack and invades the Freeman household to die in the comfort of Robert's recliner. Uncle Ruckus's family then comes to the Freeman residence to see her die. Overjoyed to reunite with her long-lost son, Bunny, who now has those blue contacts, tells Ruckus that all good things t- tells Ruckus all the good things going on in his brother's lives. Excuse me, one of them working for and getting promoted by a white boss, the other one running his own business and getting married to a white woman who had his name tattooed on her white boob, <laughs> her white titty. Like to ruckus, that is like the epitome right there. You got a white woman to tattoo your name on her boob? Whoa. So Ruckus is overjoyed and proud of them until his bitter father insults him for accomplishing nothing in his life, making him out to be not white, but a Mexican. In his anger, he reveals that Uncle Ruckus's adoption and revitiligo was a lie that Bunny had made up to improve Uncle's self-esteem. I don't hate you because you adopted. I hate you because knocking up your mama killed my chance of me ever experiencing a single moment of happiness or joy for the rest of my damn life. Baby, don't listen to him. After that, it was more and more hungry niggas' miles to feed. All my big plans gone right down to shitter. I worked my life away for these damn crackers. Still couldn't make my ends meet. Mister, now you leave the white man out of this. Shut your ass up, Bunny. I'm sick of you talking about that goddamn white man all the time. Name one of them whoever did shit shit for any of you. Huh? Can't do it, can you? Look at what you did. All my kids is some damn Uncle Toms. And you the worst. A black fool who hates himself so much he can't even see what's in front of him in the mirror. Just another black nigga like the rest of us. <laughs> I hate you. You the reason why after I say the name Ruckus, I always say no relation. I am adopted. I am adopted. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's... There's so much to unpack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I said earlier about, you know, the that Mr. Ruckus basically feels that Uncle Ruckus ruined his life and basically created the circumstances that, you know, gave him more kids, basically. I had to marry your mom because I knocked her up. And then because we were married and I got to do what I wanted to do. We had more kids because at the time there was no way to really stop that. Well, they had birth control right in the 50s, right? When did Mm -hmm. birth control start? They definitely did. Yeah. They had birth control in the 1800s. Right. There was all kinds of, but like the birth control pill was in the 60s though, right? Okay. So, but that's also, you know, again, 
a totally, I don't want to say a totally normal thing, but for that boomer generation, it's a totally normal thing. You know, you got caught knocking up the girl down the street, you're going to marry her and you're going to stay married. And it doesn't matter if you like each other or not, you're going to stay married. And, um, oh yeah. 19, and I okay. think I've said it on this potty. My mom had, I think, 13. My mom is one of 13 and my dad is one of 15. Mm. Now there were some like deaths in there, but that's why my family's so freaking huge because Mm -hmm. my parents are a little older than most of my friends' parents. So their parents are from an older generation and y'all, they were popping out babies like, whoa. Yeah. My dad's side of the family too. He was, uh, There were, <laughs> there are seven, uh, let's see, there were seven walkers that I could name off the top of my head, but I have been told without any specific proof that there is another who passed for white in the late 40s and basically cut off the family. So theoretically, there's yeah. another one out there. And one of my uncles had a lot of kids. I don't know what how many at this point. I should actually check in with my cousin about that because he was trying to find all of them. So Damn. yeah. <laughs> and then there's my there. dad. Like my dad had one kid. My my aunt Juanita had one kid. My aunt Eula Faye had one kid. And then all the rest had a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I've seriously oh, I've never shit. met most of my dad's family. It's kind of sad, but I've met a few because of Facebook. Oh, that's a fun sound. Sorry, the cat was <laughs> crying. I, I don't know if you guys could hear her. So I told my husband, come get her. She's crying loudly. But yeah, that is nuts. And they're going to find you through Ancestry or whatever. Mm. All these DNA services. Just fucking wait. I'm, I am. No I, really. I did actually try to get my dad to do one of those kits before he died. Like a few years before. But I am going through his stuff. I found it completely still sealed uh, of course yeah. but I did it and you know I'm hoping more on my dad's side of the family will lots on my mom's side crazy how spread out that became <laughs> I was not expecting that mm. <laughs> so yeah oh, interesting uh, let's see where was I adopted <clears throat> yeah and the the, cog- the cognitive dissonance that ruckus just like clings to because this just has to be real. There's no way I can be I can be related to that man by blood. No way. That's his whole no relation thing. Just it's all about not actually being related to that man. So I, to- I totally I keep looking to make sure I'm not like um <laughs> like commenting on things before we get to them. Right. But it's that thing of like <laughs> Healing trauma, like, it's crazy to me. I know, and they touch on it towards the end, but it's crazy to me, like, you can't just be like, okay, this is the way my parents always did things, and so mm-hmm. this is the way I'm going to do it. This is what my parents, I remember one of my aunties did tell me, like, we were part Native American, and I can remember being little, and my mom saying, don't you ever repeat that shit, <laughs> because, you know, many Black people do that, and she was, you know, don't get into that. Don't get into that. But I guess that is one of those things to be closer to whiteness that was passed around in my family. And yeah, there is a a tiny bit there in DNA, but not enough for 
you know, my auntie to be telling me that kind of shit. So at some point you have to like look at the facts and do your own healing or question the shit that you've been taught or that's been passed down. And like for Ruckus to be this grown ass 50 something year old man and have this, you're not my father, I'm adopted, you know, Mm -hmm. moment. It's kind of like, brah. But a lot of people do, and I'm not trying to judge or hate on y'all, but a lot of people (laughs) do get into their 40s and 50s and have these kind of moments. Mm -hmm. Let me not, my mom, I'll say it quick. My mom always told me my favorite uncle, let's delete favorite, one of my uncles (laughs) who, who passed away recently, he called her, she said, they didn't speak for a few years and they were like the closest of the siblings. They didn't speak for a few years because he would call her, you know, every week and just talk quickly and get off the phone. But she said one of those phone calls each month was always him talking about what horrible, abusive, neglectful parents they have that, and that their mother was the worst. So abusive. She was so abusive. She was so selfish. My mom said, one day she just said to him, you have got to get, you have got to let this go. You got to let this go. You are 60 something years old. Let it go. And he got cursed her out and slammed the phone down. And he was just like, bruh, you are 65 plus years old. You know, stop it. Because when people know better, they do better and all that, which we're going to get into later. But it reminds me of this clip with the whole, you're not my father stuff. Like, man, mm-hmm. you got to let that shit go. Absolutely. I actually, real quick to your your point about the, uh, the Native American blood thing. Um, one of the things that I've actually found out, which is very funny to me. So my grandmother was registered as a member of the Chalk. I do not have enough Native American blood in me for my grandmother to have been as Native American as she was registered as. However, when it comes to the Choctaw, I have discovered that there was there were a lot of freed slaves that were made members, that were named members mm-hmm. when they were freed because the Choctaw would take them in. And so that was that's really cool. I, I don't actually yeah. have as much Native blood as I thought I did, but my grandmother was made, or my great-grandmother, I have to figure that out actually, was made a full member of the tribe by the people at that time. It would be my great-great-grandmother actually. Anyway. That's freaking beautiful and fascinating. We can move on. I'd be watching too much YouTube, <laughs> but I always, watch, I always watch Navajo teachers. And I know the one was saying, I don't know if they took Black people into the Navajo tribe, but he was saying that that is like the firmest law of Mm -hmm. the Navajo culture is that you cannot own slaves. And so a lot of people left the tribe when slavery was going on. And I don't know, I guess they renounced their sort of faith and stuff because Navajos say, hell no, it's the biggest atrocity you can make as a human being to try and take possession of it. So I don't know. It's just really cool that they took it, the Choctaw took it a step further and took people into the tribe. I don't know. Just beautiful and random. (laughs) But also you got to think that most of the Choctaw Nation was across like Louisiana and Oklahoma and like places that had full on slavery. So like Mm. Choctaw Nation was a place where freed slaves could run to. And I think that was their way of helping them not have to be returned to their owners or whatever. Like, I still need to learn a hell of a lot more. If any of our listeners out there know any of that story, let me know. Because all of this understanding that I have started with children's books that I'm still trying to find more information on. So It's beautiful. Yeah. There are some histories that just never got told. So I'm curious. 
Anyway. That you're going to talk about in your new YouTube channel. Yes, moving on. <laughs> or probably that book that I'm eventually going to write someday, maybe possibly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so after this conversation where uh, Ruckus's dad had told him the truth, it upsets him so much that he leaves the room in tears, regrouping with the Freemans upstairs and finishing his tragic tale about how his father, enraged by the verbal abuse of his quote-unquote dying mother, mercilessly threw him out of the house and him confusingly receiving several injuries, like the broke teeth that he currently has, bear trap that screwed up his foot, so that explains, like, origin stories for some of the shit that, that is wrong with Ruckus happened in this mm-hmm. story. Enough, though, Ruckus seems to have had a glass eye since he was at least four years old, and they did not actually show him getting it, if I'm, unless I missed something somewhere. But he no, had the fake eye when he was running around playing outside. <laughs> I'm like, hey. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Easter egg. So surprisingly, this makes the Freemans weep over the story and feel sorry for him, except Huey. Although he declared the story Academy Award nominated sad. Look, Uncle Ruckus, we know what it's like to have an abusive parental figure, to suffer the mental and physical abuse. Hey, this ain't about me. Leave that alone. The endless work. Clean up your room. Take out the trash. <laughs> do your homework. Always okay, so I walking that one on eggshells, wondering when the next um, whooping now, gonna come. To be fair, uh, Robert does not need to be whipping his kids. That I do not believe in a corporal punishment in any way, shape, or form. But the fact that he's like making us clean our rooms and do the dishes and do our homework. I'm like, kid, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is not yes. the same thing. It's the inherited trauma shit, though, again. Yes. Like, a yes. lot of, like, now you can't spank kids anymore. I grew up, y'all, I got spanked more than any of my siblings because I was... Just not, as you can imagine. <laughs> I was mouthy and my mom would say, do shit. And I would be like, when I'm ready. I used to, I was such a bad kid that like I used to, well, she was extremely strict and I was extremely rebellious. I used to run to the stairs when she was going to spank me so that I could throw myself down the stairs and accuse her of like, you're abusive. <laughs> well, I was such a little shit. Wow. I'm dead serious. <laughs> but yes, I already told this about like how I ha- dealt with that kind of trauma or whatever. Oops, sorry, my little pillow alarm's going off. But she, again, with my uncle always calling her and saying like how abusive their mother was. My mom had told me in passing, and I know I shouldn't be telling her business because she hates that shit, how her mom, if you were going to get spanked, if you didn't like do the laundry correctly, she said her mom would grab anything nearby and just start going to town on you. Mm. Frying pans, broomsticks, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then... 80s 90s people were spanking their kids and not just black people white people too it's that inherited it used to be okay to whack a kid around a little bit and so we just passed this shit on down and now it's finally okay we can't spank our kids or we don't say that we spank our kids in public and this kind of stuff the narrative is changing and i do agree with you i don't see myself having been spanked ever spanking a kid because it just Mm -hmm. felt so wrong as a child you know sometimes listen I used to ask to get spanked by the end after she stopped spanking me I'd be like can't you just spank me so I can play Nintendo no go sit in your room and I hated that shit worse so there are other things you can do besides being physical with a child and passing on and using punishment or using physical punishment as a consequence of something that a kid did 
is only going to teach them that a physical consequence is okay, basically. Whether or not that mm-hmm. physical consequence is Absolutely. a smack upside the head or a smack on the ass or going out and cutting a switch or, you know, whatever. If you are just, again, from somebody who has raised hundreds of other people's kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you are assigning a consequence that is so negative that you can actually traumatize them, aka hitting them, there are kids that will be fine. There are kids that that will just slide off their bag and they'll be like, whatever, bitch, you didn't teach me shit. There will be kids who will be so fucking traumatized that they will never be able to have a relationship without some kind of physical aspect to it like that. And I'm not saying that in a kink sort of way because a lot of that shit does show up in kinks. I'm not kink shaming in any way. But... usually, at least in most kink circles that I know, that is approached in a healthy way. When you are traumatized and you are working through your trauma in an unhealthy way, you're not going to be doing things like having the best communication with your partner. You're just going to be screaming at them or, you know, you might be, you might not hit them, but you might throw things at them or you might make them feel like you're going to hit them. And that was the thing that my dad would do, would just Mm -hmm. basically make me feel like he was going to hit me. And that was enough because. Absolutely. That was fucking scary. My dad was six foot something, 300 and something pounds from the time I was very little. You know, he worked on the railroad before he was injured. So he was a very, very strong man. And he made a point. He was not going to hit me, but he wanted to. That's that's not better. <laughs> like, For sure. Anyway, it's one of those things, like, if you want to teach your child to do something, don't enforce the negative. Enforce the thing that they're doing that you want them to do. You know, make them feel like they want to do that thing because it makes you happy or because, you know, the quote-unquote consequences are positive. You know, I would tell totally. my... I would tell my students all the time, there's always going to be a consequence to whatever action, whatever decision you make. There will always be a consequence, but it is up to you whether that consequence is a positive one. I just finished my homework, so I get to play an hour of video games. That's my positive consequence. I didn't do my homework, so I don't get to play video games. There's your negative consequence. There doesn't need to be a hit. You know, make it a logical thing. They did something wrong. Yeah. So Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> to add on to what you're saying just a quick add-on y'all it's not just physical because mm-hmm. I'll I will give my parents credit for that never was I ever called out of my name or put down or called student never I have had friends whose homes I'm not even black friends white friends all races I've been at their house and heard the way their parents would speak to them and I would just be like you've got to be kidding me person you're a fucking idiot why would you do that use your fucking head don't mm-hmm. you think da 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 like in front of me you know I'm like the little I'm just here visiting you know that shit is nuts too you don't need to do that shit to your kid you're leaving scars and all kinds of things that you know don't know what you're doing and I've seen it with other kids friends I know who have kids or whatever I've seen the way their kids internalize that shit and then will say shit to me like not to me or I hear them saying passing you know oh I know I'm stupid and I'm just like no don't fucking say that shit like where are you getting that but then you think oh I heard your father or whoever yell at you and call you fucking stupid and ask if Mm -hmm. you use your head that's where they're getting it 
Yep. Oh, child. Yeah. Don't verbally abuse either. Don't do any of it. <laughs> like emotional right. manipulation is abuse. So uh, there's so many. There. Oh, oh God. Because oh, that's you know, <laughs> a whole nother hour we don't need to go into right now. But if I. You know. That's a whole nother hour. <laughs> I'd love to hear you speak to that though. But I, a lot of these fucked up people you meet in these streets, that's where it fucking came from. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. <sighs> All right, let's see. Oh, I did want to say one other thing. When Ruckus was complaining about, you know, there's no way that I can be related to that man. We don't even look alike. Like, I laughed so fucking hard because Ruckus and Daryl and Darrell look like they could be triplets when <laughs> one just had a much worse life than the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Ruckus looks a little road right. hard, but... <laughs> <laughs> They are, yeah, they are definitely all related. that when we were talking about white people questions. That was almost one that I submitted because I always get, like I said, my siblings are very uh, different shades of color. So I've people, had people ask us like, oh, are, mm. how, do you guys have the same dad? Yes, we have the same fucking parents. Not that, you know, whatever. Black people just got so many shades that I hate when people say, oh, but you guys don't look alike, but you're different <laughs> colors. White people, black people, whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter. You don't have to look like your fucking siblings. Well, not only that, too. Anyway, sorry, moving on. No, no, that's actually a really valid point. Like, when I was really little, my mom would constantly get harassment, basically, of people thinking that she wasn't my mother. Um, Now, if you put my baby picture Mm -hmm. next to my mother's baby picture, we look exactly alike. I'm just a brown version. And with my dad's nose. Definitely have my dad's nose. But, like, there, there is no way that we're not related. If you met us today at... 60 something and 42 like we still you can see that especially here on the phone anyway people don't people do not come out carbon copies like you're not if siblings look alike cool that means one of you has really strong genes that were really dominant over everything else but that's not everybody and you know if you have more than two kids the chances are one of them is going to look nothing like you because it's all your recessive genes or something. Exactly. And even like you were just saying, though, with you and your mom, where the resemblance is so strong, that color, slight color variation is such a wall mm-hmm. of um, disbelief that they just can't get over. Oh, where did she come from? Oh, <laughs> you babysit. Did you adopt? Yeah, please. Oh man, I used we, to I used to totally bullshit that when I was a nanny. School. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the blue eyes, brown eyes graph from what was that biology oh, yeah. probably like back my freshman year. I still remember that. Yeah. Um, I know there's some kind of specific name for that, but anyway. And I you know, I just either like to Yeah, okay. So, Ruckus's brother Daryl finally comes upstairs to announce that Nellie has died on Robert's recliner. While all of this was going on, upsetting Robert that she had to die on his living, he then basically says that he wants the chair destroyed by a chainsaw. As the family leaves the house, Bunny reaffirms that Ruckus is indeed adopted and white, disclaiming Mr.'s confession with the remark that we darkies are a mess. Basically saying it's a good thing that you're white, you know, because we're terrible. Uh The next day, Ruckus is seen working at the graveyard and is greeted by his brothers who help him dig their grandmother's grave. Uncle asks asks about Mr.'s hatred of the world. 
no reason. But I never could understand what Holly Man yeah, got to be so exactly hateful, so it, mad at the world. <laughs> it's kind of a skew from the episode, right? But it's that angry black woman, angry black man, mm-hmm. sort of death stereotype, whatever you want to call it. We have reasons, okay? Right? <laughs> but we can go back and, to the story. But it's <laughs> it's just funny that his brothers obviously had longer with dad because Ruckus was thrown out of the house so young. But so so the, the his younger brothers were able to grow up and see the reality of how the white world treated their father. So mm-hmm. then his brothers are revealing their father's backstory. No, uncle, it's true. Every time Mister went out into the world, the white man took a little more of his dignity and his sanity and his humanity. He served white folks his whole life. Ah! Even worked for the police department as a practice dummy. Ah! 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 Sometimes they would just abuse him for no reason. Good job, boy. Ah! He must have done something. It just ain't in the white man's yeah. nature. There's, there's so no much reason. you can talk about here as well. I picked it because I just was like, oh, it's, this is a good example of how, like, you know, we're talking about inherited trauma throughout mm-hmm. this episode and families, but it's not just restricted to families. It also relates to society, and we see that in the treatment of Mr. Um, and that it's not so just that. one. It's not just one white person. It's every white person, right. basically, that Mr. encountered was Physically abusive uh, and terrible, terrible human beings. Absolutely. And then for Ruckus to say he must have done something. This is like this thing Mm -hmm. we see online, like anytime someone is, you know, wrongfully murdered by the police. We don't know the full story. We don't know. We need to we need to get the full story. Well, we need both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it always comes down to that shit. Like, oh, because the white man's nature is not to act cruel for no reason. Now, white Mm -hmm. people, I'm not trying to come at you. I sound like Trump. I'm not trying to come at you. <laughs> but but uh, if we look at oral history, y'all pretty um, aggressive with that colonization. Just I'm a just little saying, bit. I'm not saying it's all of you, but yeah. I mean, kind of cool for no reason. There, there have been, I would say, the majority of cruelties <laughs> in the country that we currently live in. The, the the continent that we currently live on, <laughs> I would say the majority mm-hmm. of the big atrocities have been descendants of white settlers and what's the word explorers. Uh, not mm-hmm. th- that they're all fully white or whatever, but just that you know religion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just go with religion. How many wars have been fought <laughs> on the basis of a white, a quote unquote white, white religion. You know, when, once it started becoming, you know, this is European only, or we are going to turn everybody who is any other religion, we're going to, like, that's 90% of colonization right there was because of religion. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I will say, as I was arguing this on Twitter the other day, <laughs> it was the tool of religion was used as the, this is what we're doing. But just still, your point stands Justification. strong and valid. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Let's talk about them crusades <sighs> where they had 12-year-olds going out to fight their wars. Why? To kill all the Islands. What? Well, 12, you're 12 year old back then. That's like being 40 now. I know. True. Very true. You were probably married by 12. Well, if you were a girl, you were married by 12. And had five kids. By 13. Uh, Damn. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Daryl comments that their father abusing them was perhaps his misguided way of trying to toughen them up for a tough world. No, it was just him getting angry from all of his terrible treatment and choosing one person to inflict all of that anger on. (sighs) Then at the funeral, Mr. again acts inappropriately, sickening Ruckus to the point where he stands up to him, accusing Mr. of abusing him because Nellie abused him as a child too. Ruckus declares that Mr.'s attitude... to them is getting old and snaps at him to get it all out of your system and sit down and shut the fuck up, shocking everyone at the funeral, including Ruckus himself. Mister becomes furious and attempts to beat his son with a bottle, but the constant beatings he took from the past flare up exclusively in his back, where he took the most abuse, and he ends up falling into his mother's empty grave, breaking his neck and killing himself. And fulfilling Nellie's second wish that Mr. would reach her grave before her. Technically, the wish was unfilled because she meant that she wanted her son to die before she did, but he actually made it into the grave before she did. <laughs> ridiculous. It's so it's ridiculous. fucking ridiculous. It's not funny, but it is. Like, Nellie blamed Mr. for ruining her life. So then when Mr. had a kid, his first kid, that, you know, that ruined his life it's just that cycle over and over again mm-hmm. yes ma'am inherited trauma and yep. if, if you don't break it it'll do you in. then suddenly bunny is overjoyed now that she can finally marry her white lover uncle Rackus is sorry that his father never learned to love the white man and the freemans walk home robert satisfied to see the end the end to the tragic Ruckus's story I never thought I'd say this, but our family isn't as messed up as I thought. I feel great. I saw a story that moved me emotionally. Yeah, me too. I hate to beat him. And I've learned my lesson. I see I've been too soft on you guys all this time. From now on, I'm really going to let you have it. I'm finna give y'all some of them good old-fashioned country beating. Come here. (laughs) Stop it, Granddad. You crazy. I'm going to hit you with a switch. Why you ain't laughing? Something bigger than a switch. Throw you out into the field. Push out of a movie. Yeah, this is what we talked about in our pre-show a little bit. Jesus. And that granddad, like, his takeaway from all of this is I should beat you more. Yeah. Yes. And even though he's joshing and joking, it also goes back to the clip you were talking about with Riley. Oh, we don't know when the next beating is going to come from. If we have to wash the dishes or do our homework. And we have seen that Grant does spank the boys Mm -hmm. in several episodes. So this clip, that's why this clip to me is funny, because we all do this shit. Like I said, I was spanked as a kid, but I would go to friends' houses and hear their parents talking to them like shit which I never experienced. And I would be like, damn, you know, I've got it way better than Nicole. I'm just making up a name, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so that's shit. So you can't sit here though 
And I always say compare pain, like you shouldn't do that. Just say, yo, spanking is fucked up. Hitting is fucked up and let's just leave it there. Verbal abuse is fucked up and let's leave it there. Do not fall in this trap of looking at other people's fucking trauma and saddling up on your soapbox or high horse because it's not yours. And that's where the next clip is going to come in, I think, as well. Yeah. Let's get to that. Uh, So later on, Rekas bids goodbye to his family and has some final thoughts. It's hard to escape becoming your parents. Hard, but not impossible. Hopefully it's easier when they're your adopted I hadn't realized before how much my hatred of the Negro came from my hatred of Mr. Maybe it was time to stop hating niggas for being black and start having sympathy for them for being hopelessly inferior to white folks. But as far as dark as go, my adoptive family is so all much right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll start with where I left off with the last clip, which is like I said, you can't look at other people's trauma and then assume that you're sort of better because you didn't experience it. And in this clip, I think we could see, even on this podcast each week, we've talked about how horrible Ruckus is, how much, Mm. how awful he is, how disgusting he is. But now we get the backstory and a lot of it is made for us to understand and give him sympathy. Like this man was abused. Like you said, had a glass eye at the age of three or four. So it's, oh yeah, I guess we should have some empathy and some sympathy and just not, you know, don't be so cruel and unsympathetic to people as Uncle Ruckus has been to Black people without taking the time to consider they might have a story. There might be a reason Mm -hmm. why Jake is so fucking fucked up or manipulative or narcissistic or whatever, you know? All of those things in adults came from somewhere. Yep. Well, and also that kind of, mm-hmm. for me, this kind of ties back into Ebony Brown when Ruckus was talking to her in the restaurant and she's, you know, I, 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 all this stuff is mm. reprehensible, but it makes me reflect back on myself and, and think of myself yes. more critically. So I, th- I think that both those kind of tie in together there. Yeah, totally. <sighs> yeah, I, it. <laughs> I think that at the base, yes, that all of that is true. I also, though, am the kind of person that if you have gotten to your 50s and you are still all up in all of this foulness, that's your choice more than your upbringing. You know that your life was shit by this point. You know that you probably have some unhealthy coping mechanisms or reactions to things or whatever because of the shit that you've been through, you should go to fucking therapy. Um, And if therapy is not available to you for whatever reason, because it's cost preventative most of the time to a lot of people, you know, there are support groups out there. There are online forums where you can find people who can help you out. There are ways to work through that fucking trauma without just being a nasty human. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally. So, but that's why I always say everyone's responsible for your own healing and it's yeah. never too late to heal, but I'm with you. Like I yes. say like around 25, I stop giving a pass. And even I know for many people, it's before that. It's like when you become conscious of your choices and like mm-hmm. what you were explaining earlier about consequences, once you can grasp that it's come on, buddy, there really is no excuse. You should start doing your healing. Like even here though, in Ruckus's, you know, 
monologue at the end, we can see he has started, right? Just by standing up to his father and facing right. this shit. He has started down the path, but there are so many inherited pieces of shit that are still floating around his consciousness. Like, um, oh, I should have sympathy for black people because they are so hopelessly inferior to white folks. You're, so mm. you're still running with the white <laughs> supremacy you, in, you inherited. Something else he said, oh, I had, mm-hmm. oh, how much of my hatred came from my dad. Okay, yes. okay, you're starting, right? You're starting right. to unpack it. But honey, you got a long way to go in, at this old, old age. What do you so, think about the fact that. that this season, we've seen Ruckus really have his first taste of liking Black people? There was the Ebony Brown, like he actually found a Black woman that, despite hating Black women, you know, he was still like, I could marry her. Um, and he's actually saying, you know, even though my family are these Black people, they're still okay, which is more than he's ever said about pretty much any other black people ever in in the show anyway so well do we his love for are Grand we seeing Dad, ruckus grow <laughs> yeah i think so i think like this season honestly we had a lot of ruckus centric episodes and yeah. like with jimmy rebel like they, mm-hmm. even though it was about him and jimmy they also uh juxtaposed that with him and granddad's kind of love relationship it's definitely there and giving us also backstory into this character very ruckus heavy I would yeah. say season three was I, the reason why a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, I think, well, well season four that's that people four. don't like. That's yeah, four. so yeah, because this was the last season with Magruder. But I think that I gotta go with that. That that yeah, I think Magruder uses Ruckus, and I think I brought this up before as a as a racist foil where he. If you if he'd have put a white person in there, it would have been way too much backlash. I think that he would have oh how racist white person. But if they have a racist black guy, you know they they there could be some humor in that. I think is is where he, so he he wanted it to not he wanted it he wanted the message but not to hit like a ton of bricks maybe <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Where so if the racism is coming from your own, then it's not seen. If black folks had watched, been watching, because this is a show written for, written and made by and for black folks. Yeah. Had that been a white person that had been that blatantly racist, they probably wouldn't have watched the show. <laughs> so, as my but guess. But yet, every black person probably knows somebody in their uh, family, sure. extended family, whatever, that is similar mm-hmm. to Ruckus. Sure. So, whereas white people watching it would be like, ooh, I got relatives like that. Yep, but... yep, yep. <laughs> I don't laugh at them. But, but they're, they're not as cute as Ruckus. So. <laughs> cute is an interesting word. Ruckus has his, has his certain charm about him, I guess. You know? eh. <laughs> I mean, oh. I, yeah. So just a couple of uh, little notes that I had that I wanted to um, to point out before we moved on to... The next part. Um, so there was a scene in the beginning of the episode where we saw burning crosses outside of the window that Mr. had to deal with, uh, with all of the white people nonsense. He also, like, it was very blatant racism. So I wanted to make sure that was pointed out. Um, 
Grandma Nelly with the switchblade in uh, basically threatening straight anybody. Razor. Straight, razor, straight razor. But when she threatened Granddad with it, he was like ready to throw down. <laughs> like they had to restrain him from beating her up. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, Huey was like the first one to jump in there. Mm-hmm. He had to come all the way across the room from the couch. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, do, do, do. And then there was, oh, the trivia stuff. Um. So this episode strongly references the Steven Spielberg-directed film The Color Purple, which both uh, Lindsay and I picked up on immediately. Um, uh, But it also has a lot of similarities to the film Precious, which I have to admit I have never actually seen. We talked about this beforehand, but it's not not the kind of trauma porn that I can handle. (laughs) Um, And then... The the joke, uh, my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl, but it's Daryl and Darrell. It's an homage to the TV show New Heart, where they had my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. I'm Larry. This is my brother, brother Daryl and my other brother, brother Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, also, uh, Daryl and Darrell and Uncle Ruckus, all voiced by the same guy. Um, so I love that they did that. It's just the same voice. And, yeah, and even Riley was crying like a baby with Ruckus's story, um, even though he tried to blame it on, you know, allergies or whatever. Allergies, yeah. But he was, his eyes were just pouring. And, and of course, initially, it was, I, I'm not, I'm not going to cry because that's gay. Right. Everything is. Everything. Everything yeah. I need to write a song. Everything is gay. <laughs> All right. Anything else that you caught that we haven't gone over, my friend? Oh, no. Not out. All right. So you want to? Welcome to Stupid White People <gasps> Questions. You mean I'm going to stay this car? <laughs> Welcome uh, to Stupid. Stupid white people questions. Uh, so, uh, as uh, many folks are probably already aware, uh, the uh, the person, Kyle Rittenhouse, who uh, killed two people and shot another and all the these other things. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he was acquitted of all charges, um, yeah. and which... You know, uh, needless to say, made lots of folks very upset, uh, including, I think, everybody else here on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, when you would argue about that online with anybody, uh, especially uh, the, uh, what, what, is, what is it that MJ says? Wahite? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, 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 the Wahite folks uh, say, well, I don't know why you're upset. Kyle was just defending himself. Andrew Coffey also got found not guilty because of self-defense. Yeah. So um, if you don't follow along the news or you were watching a station that did not cover the Andrew Coffey trial, uh, that was basically a case of a no-knock warrant and him defending himself against a perceived threat, which was a SWAT team. But, um, you know, they tried to uh, they tried to basically charge him with injuries that happened during that. Um, and he was acquitted rightly. So, 
Um, that is a case of a black man having a very competent attorney for once uh, in a case like this. Um, and having the, the legal precedent that has been set semi-recently uh, uh, with, um, all, with laws being changed. Um, but the Kyle Rittenhouse one, without blaming anybody in particular, uh, I will say that it was very obvious from the beginning that what the verdict was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. The prosecution was not as effective at their job as one would like. And I didn't watch the entire trial because that hurts too much. But um, you had a judge whose phone rang in the middle of court and it was a fucking song that like they played at the January 6th rallies. And you had a judge who wouldn't let the two people murdered be referred to as victims, but was totally okay with them being referred to as looters or um, rioters. You had um, a jury that was almost entirely white. You had... A lot of it comes down to the judge, in my opinion, honestly. Um, I don't blame that defense attorney for for pulling out anything that he could think of to work for his client because that's his job. Um, I do think that a judge that has run unopposed for his position for the last 20 years, uh, who is very was very obviously um who had very obviously made up his decision before the trial, uh completed, I think that was the main problem in that situation. Um, And the fact that an underage boy took an illegal firearm that he was not allowed to own. He wasn't allowed to purchase. He wasn't allowed to purchase, but his mother did it for him, right? Okay, so he... (laughs) Now, what should have happened... (laughs) was because he gave money to a friend of his who was 18 in okay, Wisconsin. Okay. So his father is, okay, so the reason he's he's going back, he, he worked in Wisconsin. His father lived in Wisconsin. He lives in Illinois. So that's, so that's why he's driving back and forth. However, he drove over himself. His, initially, his mother claimed that she drove him. My guess is that she claimed it because he was he does not have a driver's license, so he illegally and also drove over taking that gun across state lines was no, no, illegal. No, the the gun was already in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So I the, see. yeah, his buddy kept it at uh, until he could until he he could say he was eighteen and have and and take possession of it at that point. He could carry a long rifle, uh, which is what the, that that rifle is considered a long rifle. Uh, he was allowed to. He was allowed to have that at that age. He was not allowed to purchase it, though he basically that's what he did. So that I mean, his friend should have been basically, I don't know what the law would be about purchasing a weapon for somebody who's not age of age to be able to purchase the weapon. So to me, that's something. I mean, so yeah, he he illegally drove himself across state lines, got a weapon he should not have had. Uh because he was not old enough to buy it himself. He paid somebody else who illegally purchased it for him. Announced to police and whoever would listen to at this um, at this protest that he was an EMT um, and that 
which was, he was not supposed true. to be there, which obviously not true because he's 17 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he instigated the fight that ended up, quote unquote, being life threatening to him. Um, he shot somebody carrying a skateboard, someone who yeah. literally was doing like knew he probably was going to die because he's running towards an active shooter in his mind. <laughs> and this fucker is able to get off. Anyway, um, the reason why, like, I had mentioned this one to Dean as a stupid white people question in particular is because a lot of what I heard um, in the days after this was uh, that the Kyle Rittenhouse case was not a ra- about race. That somehow uh, this this you know, the shooting was not race-based, was not racially motivated. The problem with that is that he went to a Black Lives Matter rally thinking that there would be this this chance for him to to be a hero um, and it ended up causing the, the everything that happened. Um, and <laughs> the fact that he was that the the people that he attacked were protesting the death of a black man. They were not there doing anything illegal on their own either. It just, it's, it's ridiculous to me that people can't see that that's connected to race. And then the judge wouldn't allow any of the evidence going in after the fact that after he was basically let to go free, he, posed with proud boys and he's flashing the white power symbol all across the country and he's making a fucking documentary with Fox News the whole time mm-hmm. like <sighs> yeah this one absolutely this I think one. he went and hung out with uh Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. as well and all of this well, yeah. sort of stuff Tucker Carlson is the one doing the documentary so he's been hanging out with Tucker Carlson since he was arrested the first time. There's also a, a video uh, of, uh, so this was two weeks before before this happened, Rittenhouse and a friend were in a car watching people leave CVS store across the street. Rittenhouse apparently believed the people in the store had robbed it or were shoplifting. Rittenhouse said, I wish I had my AR. I'd fire some rounds at them. Mm-hmm. He was just hoping to be able to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. His whole point was to go kill somebody. Like they said, he said, oh, I'm a medic. You were not a medic. Mm -hmm. You came there looking premeditated, looking for trouble. You found trouble. And I don't want to say lucky for you, but just because you were armed with the bigger weapon, you were the person kind of who came out of the situation alive, except for I know one of the victims, right, was alive and testified. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you received a, a pass. Now, if one of the other men, who I think one of them did have a gun, right, yeah. had yeah. survived and murdered Kyle Rittenhouse, w- w- would the outcome have been the same? Um, I kind of doubt it. Yeah. And also this bit of this question about like Andrew Coffey what this is like not even apples and oranges this is right? like fucking apples and prime rib like <laughs> yep that that story one is about somebody going in to instigate trouble yep one is about 
coming into somebody's space, scaring them Mm -hmm. and them truly responding of fear for their lives. It is not the same story or scenario whatsoever. But I do think like, I know people were like, kind of pissed off too that Joe Biden said, you know, made his little statement about it. I I am not a fan of Joe Biden by any means, but he was correct. The what was what happened was exactly what was supposed to happen. Not that it was the right thing, um, but technically the system worked. It's if you if you are somebody that believes in the jury trial then the system worked. Whatever the the result is, 12 people voted that he was not guilty. Therefore, he's not guilty. Um, And basically, Biden said, I believe that our justice system is, you know, is the best. It's the tits. So so I have to believe that this is the right thing and that those 12 people did the right job or did the right thing for what they believed. Like it's it's all po- political bullshit, but I am absolutely one of those people that's like, our fucking judicial system is so fucked up that it doesn't even fucking matter. Because again, we knew what the outcome was going to be as soon as he walked through that crowd after shooting people with his hands up, still holding the fucking AR, right past cops who just let him walk on by. We all knew what was going to happen. Absolutely. And I'm not like any kind of expert on this case, but from the little bit I did read of it, it kind of seemed like uh, like even the prosecution kind of was like uh, kind of throwing the case a little bit. I don't know if he was um, throwing it or if he was just kind of incompetent or, you know, didn't know how to get around some of the shit that was happening. Yeah. Didn't fight as hard as he probably could have. Yeah. Right. That was kind of my feeling on it and why I say like kind of throwing it. But I mean, again, I've only like read certain bits about it here and there. Like, again, mm-hmm. I didn't get too invested in it because like you said, I we already knew how this was going to go. One. Yep. Two, I think it is also like my thing with people, any kind of relationship, whatever, is that people communicate to you exactly what they want to say, even if they don't blanketly state it. Mm-hmm. So what they are trying to communicate is that, listen, if you guys want to get out here and protest against wrongful, quote unquote, wrongful shooting of citizens or black people or do your Black Lives Matter protests, the law is not going to be on your side. If you want to be a vigilante and a looter, well, then any kind of trouble that finds you, that's on you. That is what's kind of being communicated to me, I think. Um, so they're kind of saying like, whatever, okay, you want to go out here and protest? If someone with an, I'm sorry, not if someone, if a white child with an AK-47 <laughs> yep. finds should happen to find you, then, well, that's just how the cookie crumbled. Obey the law. Or even I think in the Andrew Coffey case, like they did say something like that. Like, oh, if only he would have complied with our demands or something, we wouldn't have open fire. It was some kind of shit like that Mm -hmm. that they tried to use as a defense or came out with or whatever. So they're just trying to reinforce this message. Like you keep it up, keep protesting. Well, we're not going to protect you in any way, shape or form. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And there it is. When, yeah. And it's just like you said, it's, it's, it is not 
apples apples to apples there because if it was then the issue would have been kyle was at home with his own gun sitting there right. when the police knocked down the door and or then somebody he, knocked down the door well, that uh, would be the same yeah. situation well, yeah because the andrew coffee andrew coffee yeah is that right he didn't he didn't know that it was the police so he did, he did like, not know he thought somebody was breaking in yeah. so kyle in his own house with his own gun in his house thinks someone is breaking in yeah. That would be equal. That would be exactly. apples to apples. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, it'd be a white person, black person, same situation. Whoever the, the you know, the intruder ended up being is almost irrelevant if it's the same situation in the base. Um, when it's the cops, though, no matter what, if you shoot back, you're going to be the one uh, probably either dead or I'm surprised he made it. I'm honestly surprised he made it out alive. Oh, yeah. It's like Brianna, Same with Brianna, Taylor's, yeah, exactly. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. Like, how did he survive? Yep. You know? I, and they tried yeah. to charge him. Mm-hmm. With his own girlfriend. With her yeah. death. Yeah. yeah. And that's my point yep. when I was, when I, at the beginning of this, when I went through what the two cases were basically about, a lot of the stuff from the Brianna Taylor case, even though it's, <sighs> nothing really has happened but it has changed certain laws in places. And that is essentially what led to this exoneration. Yeah. So. And actually, and I just, I was just reading a thing in Texas right now. They're trying to get the governor to overturn a conviction of George Floyd, which was, which happened due to a no knock warrant. Texas. So. Wow. A posthumous overturn. I mean, I'm going to be paying attention to the Texas governor's race for sure, considering I'm not a fan of Beto, but he's going to try Miles it. better. He's going to try Abbott. it. He's going to try it. And he is, he's a centrist in the same way that Joe Biden is maybe a little slightly left of Biden. And if he can get in Texas, like I would have faith that this country might, might get through the next few years. Uh, <laughs> heavy yeah. on the might. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll leave I'll leave it with a dark note. Like I s- talked about mm. earlier, I think pre-show I was watching that that Storm Monroe and her name is Cynthia G is the lady he was sitting down with. And he asked her something about the protests and she said she doesn't really get into the Black Lives Matter protests. And she goes, I think by attending those protests, you are showing the higher ups or whatever that you believe in a system that has no belief in you. Child, I was like, damn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like that shit hits hard, but I thought, yeah, that's valid, girl. Yeah, valid. Yeah. All right. On that sad note, <laughs> <laughs> here's to our live episode next week. Actually, when does this episode come out? This comes the, out like the day before our yeah. live episode, right? So okay. This, this, so, so this tomorrow. Will, this will come out. <laughs> yeah, this will come out. Well, for Patreon members, it'll come out probably tomorrow. It'll be the same day. Yeah. So then, yeah. Then, uh, so if you're not a Patreon member and you and it's not the 30th and you're not listening to it right now, you're probably going to miss our live episode. But that's okay. Go listen to our live episode. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then on the second, uh, disputed doing our mm-hmm. last episode for the year, which will be Sarah Ellen Connor. Sarah Connor versus Ellen Ripley. Ellen Ripley, which I'm super excited about because those are two of my favorite female badasses. James Cameron contestant. They're both James Cameron. Yeah, James Cameron. uh, They only married one of them. Well, I know. But (laughs) James had both movies, though. 
true story. All right. Well, he has a habit of marrying the, yeah, yeah, the women in his movies. That's why I was joking uh, that he only yeah. married one of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts? Not from me. All right. Um, anybody at home who's wondering where MJ is? Eh, stuff comes up in life. We were hoping that she would make it home in time tonight to join us. Uh, that's why we went ahead without her. But obviously that didn't happen. But we miss her and we will have her back uh, <laughs> tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to our live episode. <laughs> live. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's uh, about everything. Yeah. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you live on November 30th for the season finale. It's going down. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-WE. Undo. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.